morning, Winners Church. Welcome to Winners Worship Express. We are excited to have you gather together with us to worship, to get into the word. I'm excited to teach and we're going to get into this word. I'm going to give you this work, <laughs> as they say in the streets, and we're going to uh, really delve into what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. I want to talk to you today about better is coming. I know that some of you have been through some crazy experiences. Some of you are going through some crazy experiences right now. And I want to let you know, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're experiencing right now, better is coming. Many of you can already testify that you've gone through trials, trouble, and situations that have caused you to feel bad, caused you to feel like, yo, is God even here? And then you saw better coming and better came. Amen. And we thank God that better is coming for all of you. Hallelujah. And I want to give you three reasons today why you can get your hopes up and believe. And believe. You got to believe. And believe that better is coming. The first one, and you've heard this many times, and you're going to hear it for the rest of your life. Number one, you are blessed. Yes, that is the number one reason why you can believe better is coming because you are blessed. You're not blessed because I said you're blessed. You're not blessed because your favorite preacher said you're blessed. You're blessed because God said you're blessed. Now, what does it mean to be blessed? I'm going to give you a simple definition. It means divinely or supremely Favored, divinely or supremely favored. And so when you are blessed, we're saying that God has favored you. Amen. Now, the Hebrew word for blessed is Barak, like Barack Obama, and it's spelled B-A-R-A-K. That's the Hebrew word for blessed. And it literally means to kneel. So we think blessed means to kneel. Yes, the word blessed means to kneel. And so it's the picture of God the Father, our great God, kneeling down to bless you. So when God said in Genesis 1, um, God, it says God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, that means he literally kneeled down and he endowed something upon them. He bestowed his favor and his blessing on them. And that's why they were able to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. Do you see that? And so that same concept is upon us. We have been divinely endowed with God's favor, with God's divine ability. Amen. So you and I are blessed. We're not only blessed as human beings, we're blessed in Christ. So we have the blessing of being God's creation and we have the blessing of being the seed of Abraham. So I will say we have a double blessing. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Somebody, shout, somebody say, I have the double blessing. Amen. The blessing of being a human being and the blessing of being the seed of Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. You are blessed. Now, let me give you, within this one point, three things, take some notes, that bless, that when, it, that when we say you're blessed, it means, or the results of being blessed. So number one, because you are blessed, 
God will give you what you cannot give yourself. And we're going to look at the person of Abraham. Abraham was a man that God called and, and, and entered into a covenant with. Um, the Bible says he believed God and God accounted to him for righteousness. But one of the things that God promised Abraham and his wife, Sarah, he said, I'm going to give you what you cannot give yourself. I'm going to give you a son. He said, nah, come on. The Lord said, I am El Shaddai. I am your exceedingly great reward. And I'm going to give you a son. And as you know, those of you who know the story know that 25 years later from the promise, God gave Abraham and Sarah a son in the person of Isaac, which means laughter. God has made me laugh. <laughs> and I want to let you know, God is going to make you laugh. What he's going to give you that you cannot give yourself is going to make you laugh. It's going to surprise you. It's going to make you excited. You're going to be like, wow, God really did this. And so, and the reason why they couldn't give themselves this son is because they were old. They were well advanced in age, the Bible says, and they didn't have it within their bodies to give forth a baby. All right. But God did it for them. God supernaturally blessed Sarah's womb, blessed Abraham's seed, and they gave forth a baby. Thank you, Jesus. And the Bible says they did it by faith. They believed that better was coming. Now, in the process, they made a mistake. They got in the flesh and they had a child with um, Sarah's uh, maiden, Hagar. And, you know, out of that came this baby called Ishmael. And that was a huge mistake. And perhaps even you've made a mistake. In the midst of you waiting on God, you got impatient and you, and you did something you shouldn't have done and you made a mess of it. Guess what? God can redeem your mess. God can fix your mess. Just like he did with Abraham and Sarah. The reality is better is coming. And you don't have to try to do God's job for him. Let God do his job. The Bible says through faith and what? Patience. We inherit the promises. So you have to be patient as God is working out your blessing. You are blessed because God will give you something that you cannot give yourself. The second thing, because you are blessed, God will bring you pleasure and relief to which you have a previously experienced. I'm going to say that again. Because you are blessed, God will bring you pleasure and relief to what you have previously experienced. So if you experienced a great test, a great trial, some trouble in your life that has really hurt you, that has really brought some kind of uh, captivity in your life, God will bring you relief and he will bring you pleasure. And a perfect example of this is our friend Job in the Bible. You know that Job, the Bible says, was a, bla uh, a blessed man. He was the richest man in the East where he was. He had it. Yo, the Bible says that this guy, if you go to Job 29, it actually describes Job's life. He was the man. He was respected. He was wealthy. He had a lot of kids. He had a, bang, a, a slamming wife, a begging wife, a slamming wife. And he was just, they say even the young people respected him. The Bible says he has so much prosperity that the rocks um, poured out oil for him. And we know rocks can't pour out oil, but it was saying basically that it was easy for him to prosper, easy for him to be successful. But then the devil came and attacked his life. Now, in the scriptures, it says the Lord did it, but we know it wasn't the Lord who did it. 
It was the devil who did it because we see in the, in the beginning what Job didn't see, God's conversation with Satan. And Satan did this thing and his kids got killed. His livestock and all of his wealth was gone. And even his wife turned on God and told him, curse God and die. Why are you praising the Lord in this situation? And so we hear a lot about that part of the story. But what we don't hear a lot about is how the Lord turned his captivity. That's what the King James says. It says the Lord turned the captivity of Job. And that shows you the Lord didn't do it. God's not turning the captivity and he's attacking you too. Hello, somebody? All right. Some translation says he restored Job's losses. Our God is a God of restoration. Other translation says he restored his fortunes. God wants you to have fortune. He wants you to be blessed materially. Don't believe the lie of the religious spirits that say, God ain't worry about you and your money. No, he does want you to be blessed. He does want you to have fortune. Don't believe that middle-class mindset. Don't believe that religious spirit that God's going to give you just enough. He, he promised to meet your need, but not your wants. Where do they get that at? That's not in the Bible. I've heard some famous preachers say that because they're more uh, taught from their denominational theology than what the Bible actually says. God ain't here just to meet your needs. No, he's here to grant you your wants, your desires. Amen. And so when it came to Job, he brought him relief from the physical pain, the losses he had. And this is what it says after he, after he turned his captivity. This is the details it gives. In Job 42, 12 to 16, it says, Now the Lord blessed, come on somebody, divinely empowered, divinely favored. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And that's what God's going to do for you. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Now, I know that doesn't mean much to you, but agriculturally, back then, that was basically God saying, God made Job a multimillionaire. <laughs> Come on. And then it says, he also had seven sons and three daughters. So God, he restored his children. And he called the name of the first Gemini, the name of the second, Keziai, and the name of the third, Karen Hapuk. In all the land there were found no woman so beautiful as the daughters of Job. Look at that. He even had beautiful daughters. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. So Job did things differently. I'm just giving the, daughter, the, the, the sons the money. I'm giving the daughters some stuff too. So this was a blessed family. This was a family advanced in how they did things. And verse 16 says, after this, Job lived 140 years. So God gave Job long life. Not only did he heal his body, he gave him long life. So you, so, so you can expect to be healed if you're sick, and you can expect long life. I know the devil has told some of you, he's going to cut your life in short. You're going to be sick for the rest of your life. But the Bible says that long sickness is a curse. The Bible says that Premature death is a curse, and I declare that curse is not your portion. I declare those lies of Satan, you will not believe. And if you've been captured by those lies, I break that over you now in the name of Jesus. And I, and I declare that you shall be healed and you shall live long in the name of Jesus. I don't care what it is you've been facing, what it is you've been struggling with, what it is that, that's been long in your life. I'm declaring over your life right now, it is coming to an end and you shall be restored in your health and you will live a long life. 
Just like Job. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe it. Yes. And it says, he lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. Come on, somebody. You should be believing God to see your grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. And that's how you're going to die. Old and full of days. Somebody say, I'm going to die old and full of days. So we see that God is the one who brings relief. He's the one who brings pleasure. And if you read earlier in Psalm, in Job 42, it actually says that God spoke to Job's friends who was giving him bad advice, saying the wrong things about the Lord to Job. <laughs> and the Bible says he told those friends, yo, go and bless him. And they blessed him. And then he told Job, go pray for your friends. And the Bible says when he prayed for his friends, the Lord turned to captivity. So God wanted them to bless him and he wanted Job to bless them. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Glory to God. And then the Bible even says that all of Job's relatives, his brothers, his sisters, all the community came together and they came to his house to bring comfort to him for all that he went through. Glory be to God. And they brought some money. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want you to know that God wants you to be a blesser of people and wants you to know that money is coming to you, blessings are coming to you, comfort is coming to you. Don't reject the people he sends. Don't reject the blessing he sends. Receive it. Amen. The Bible says Job received them into his house. Many times when God is restoring, when God is turning your captivity, when God is um, bringing relief and, and great pleasure, people say, no, 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 that's okay. No, 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 that's okay. Don't do that. Angels are not happy to see you do that. God the Father is not happy to see you do that. If God is blessing you, receive it. If God is opening a door for you, walk through it. If people are coming to comfort you, don't turn them away. Receive them. Amen. Oh, I want people to think they did something. Stop the nonsense. Receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So better came for Job. Now, this is the third thing about being blessed. Because you are blessed you're going to prosper big time. Oh yeah. I know people are done with prosperity, not me. And you better not be, especially living in this city. <laughs> Come on somebody, you need your money and you need big money. Come on. Genesis 26 talks about Isaac. This is Abraham's son. And now he's walking in the blessing of his father, but he's in a place where the Bible says there was a great famine and he's about to be out. He's like, yo, I'm about to leave this joint. I'm going to Egypt. It's going to be more prosperous. Let me be out of here. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Don't go to Egypt. Stay in Gerar. Stay in this place of famine. I'm going to bless you right there. Now, sometimes the Lord will allow you to exit a place. He will say, go. But sometimes, like he told Abraham, he said, leave your father's house. And then sometimes the Lord will say, stay. Amen. So you have to seek the Lord of whether you should go or whether you should stay. Don't follow your friends. Don't follow your family. Don't follow, you know, baby and them. <laughs> no, you have to follow the leading of the Lord because however God leads you is how, is how he's going to bless you. So he told Abraham to leave, to go to a place that I will show you. And he said, I will bless you. He told his son Isaac, stay and I will bless you. Powerful, right? So the key to it all, be led by the Spirit. Amen. And so the Bible says that he stayed in the place of famine where it looked like he couldn't prosper, where it looked like things weren't going to open up for him, where it looked like he couldn't get a good break. But the Bible says that he sowed 
in that time, and he reaped a hundredfold. Let's look, let's look at this. Genesis 26, verse 12. Then Isaac sold in that land. He sold in Gerar. He sold in the place of famine and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. That means he got a hundred times what he planted. A hundred times what he sowed. And so whatever you're doing, wherever God has you doing it, you're going to reap a hundred times more. A hundred times represents God's best. A hundred times um, represents God's max. You're going to get the maximum blessing, the maximum benefit from what you do. Now notice, Isaac sowed. He didn't just pray. He didn't just fast. He didn't just think about Oh, what can I do? He actually did something. And one of the biggest keys to experiencing great prosperity and great blessing is you have to take massive action. You got to do something. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding actions is meaningless. You got to do something. You got to take massive action in your life. You can't just think about things. You can't just dream about things. You got to do it. I want you to be a big dreamer, but you're going to be a big doer also. Amen. And the Bible says that Isaac sowed. He did something. And then he reaped a hundred times. And the Bible says this, and the Lord blessed him. So this uh, reaping was a result of God's blessing. And I'm here to tell you today, my brother, my sister, that the father wants to do extraordinary things in your life. He wants to do things for you that you cannot do for yourself. But you have to partner with him. You have to take massive action. You can't be a procrastinator anymore. You can't put it aside anymore. You are ready to do it. God is ready for you to do it. And as you work with the Lord, the Lord is going to bless you. Notice in um, miracles and healings, many times you'll see God healing somebody, but they have to make a move and then boom, the healing manifests. I've seen it over and over and over again. Just the other day, actually yesterday, my sister was calling, called me. I thought, oh, I have this massive headache. Um, it was so stressful. I was streaming yesterday and then at work was so head. I said, I don't feel like praying for you right now. She said, oh, excuse me. I said, pray for yourself. <laughs> she said, I will, I will. But I was just playing around, and I was. I was in the street shopping. I was in Manhattan. I was like, listen, I don't got time for it. I said, okay. Then she said, oh, my head. I said, you know what, let me just pray for you. So I'm just kind of playing around. I'm serious, but I'm being light about it. I said, girl, headache, get out of here. Go, in Jesus' name. And I said, blink your eyes three times. And she said, okay. She said, I did it. She said, the pain is going away. <laughs> I said, action has to be taken. Many times I pray for people with breathing problems. I said, breathe in, breathe out three times. Y'all see me do that. And as they take that action, boom. The miracle happens. The healing happens. The asthma goes. The breathing is, 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 is opened up because God wants you to take action. When Jesus healed people, he said, take up your bed and walk, right? Remember the guy with the withered hand? He said, step forward. He said, stretch out your hand. He didn't say, oh, let me just work on your hand. Then now you can stretch. He said, stretch out your hand. When he stretched out his hand, boom, the hand was totally healed. You got to take action. You got to do something. When um, they needed money for the taxes, he said to Peter, all right, I don't really think we should be paying it, but let's not bring offense. He said, go fishing. And the first fish you catch, take the money out the fish's mouth. That was a miracle, but Peter still had to do something. Remember in Luke 5, when 
um, Jesus had finished preaching. He borrowed Peter's boat. He had finished preaching. And then Peter was, and his partners, they had um, went fishing and they didn't catch nothing. And Jesus said, yo, go out, launch into the deep. You're going to catch fish. He said, like, Jesus, no, we did it. Nah. But he said, you know what? At your word, let me do it. He did it. The Bible says they caught a great number of fish. The Bible says that they were amazed, greatly amazed. They were astonished at the amount of fish that they caught. Hallelujah. That was the blessing of the Lord. That was a miracle of, of increase, a miracle of multiplication. But Peter still had to do something. He had to go and cast his net. And so God is ready to bless you. He's ready to blow your mind. But what are you doing? My friend, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And if you're not doing something, I'm here to tell you, do something. Take massive action in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And now watch this. It says in verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. You need to read that in other translations. They say that he became very wealthy or he became very great. I love how the King James says, it says the man began to, um, became great, went forward until he was very great. Other translation says that too. He went forward. So when you uh, recognize this blessing, you'll realize this blessing always pushes you forward and never backward. The blessing pushes you what? Forward and never backward. So if you see yourself going backward, you're not walking in the blessing that's on your life. You gotta check that out. You have to go forward. And sometimes we have blessing blockers in our life. I'm not trying to get into that today that cause us not to be at a standstill or to be moving backward. Don't let the devil push you backward. Don't let your personal sin push you backward. Don't let your disobedience to the Father push you backward. You need to go forward. I remember my spiritual founder um, was in the beginning of his ministry. I mean, Kenneth Hagin died, uh, a wealthy man <laughs> with an international ministry. So obviously he was blessed greatly like Abraham. But, the, but he's talked about in his early days how he struggled a little bit financially. And he was like, well, he went to the Lord and said, Lord, your word says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But we're struggling and my family, things are, things are not happening the way they should. And the Lord spoke to him. And guess what the Lord said to him? He said, you are obeying me, but you're not willing. Woo! Kenneth Hagin said, I got willing in three seconds. <laughs> he got willing very fast. So the Lord showed him, you're fulfilling part of the scripture, not all of it. You're doing, but you're doing it grudgingly. And God looked at the heart. Didn't he say that to the prophet? Samuel, he said, don't look at the outward when you're choosing David or, 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 or the one I have of Jesse's sons. He said, I look at the heart. And so God is looking at your heart. So are you taking actions, but you're doing it grudgingly? Are you serving, but you're doing it and you don't really want to do it? Are you giving, but you have an attitude when you're giving? Are you working at some job or some career, but you hate doing it? No, 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 no. You have to do it willingly. Do it with a smile on your face. 
Love your wife willingly. Bless your kids willingly. Obey and submit to your husband. Oh yeah, we believe in that. Willingly. Amen. Adapt to your husband willingly. Understand your wife willingly. Romance your wife willingly. Yeah, we believe in that too. Come on, somebody. Whatever you're going to do, do it with a willing heart. Thank you, Jesus. And you'll be able to move forward. Hallelujah. And there could be other blessing blockers. Some people have unforgiveness and bitterness in their heart, and it's blocking the blessing. The blessing is there, but it's blocking its activity. Because unforgiveness is a poison. Bitterness is a poison. If you have unforgiveness or bitterness towards anyone, let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth what it costs you. You guys know that story that I told? Um, I think I've told it several times, but it's a story that even Pastor Ernst, once he heard it, he told his church about it. When it comes to, it's one of the best stories to tell when it comes to unforgiveness. And I just feel led to say it. So Jerry Savelle, a great Bible teacher, you guys, some of you guys know him. He's an older man, but he has a great ministry, international ministry. He's alive today. He's still preaching the word of faith, still preaching God's favor. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing ministry and is reaching people all over the world. And um, he's, a, he's like, a, he's one of Kenneth Copeland's spiritual sons. And so he was telling this story, he tells a story from years and years ago that um, in the beginning of his ministry, when he could do stuff like this, he was gonna be in a certain town and some partners of his heard that he was gonna be in this particular place. And they called him, called his office and said, Listen, we hear that you're going to be in this part of town. We're here. My wife is dying of cancer. Could you come and pray for her? And so he said, yes. And he began to pray about, Lord, what's, how do you want me to minister to her? What's going on with her? And that's a good thing to do. Not just to, okay, I'm going to lay hands and bow. You know, somebody has cancer, usually you got to see what's happening here. What's the open door here? What's the cause? How, how should I minister to the person? So he did, and the Lord told him what to do. So he goes to this town. He goes to the hospital. He goes, meets a couple. They say, oh, Brother Jerry, they were so happy to see him. And the wife is laid out, you know, sick unto death. And he says to her, I have your answer. The Lord told me what to tell you, what, what you need to do. He said that you have unforgiveness in your heart towards your husband, and when you forgive him, you will be healed. He said that woman who was emaciated, sickened to death, she took all the strength she could to muster up, sat up in the bed, and she looked dead in his face and said to Jerusalem, I will never forgive him. He cheated on me 25 years ago, and I will never forgive him. Jerry Savelle said the man started crying and weeping. I asked you to forgive me, I'm sorry. So for 25 years, she's held on to the unforgiveness. Jerry Savelle said the next day she was dead. The next day she was dead. She rejected the word of the Lord. She rejected forgiveness and held on to her unforgiveness and thereby held on to the work of Satan in her life. Are you doing that? Better days are ready to come, but you cannot have unforgiveness in your heart. You better forgive. 
Read all the scriptures Jesus talks about forgiveness. You better let the bitterness go. It is imperative to your blessing. Amen. I know that's heavy, but it's right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two. See, that was three parts of number one. So number two, we're going to get through this quick. Well, another reason why better is coming. Better is coming because you belong to God. Somebody say, I belong to God. I belong to God. I belong to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, Lord, we're going to stop. The Lord wants to deal with this unforgiveness thing. If you have unforgiveness, maybe you are sending it to the person that you're, you have unforgiveness towards. You need to say, I forgive you. If you're not with that person, you need to say out loud, Father, so-and-so did this to me. So-and-so hurt me. I have unforgiveness. I have bitterness in my heart toward that person. I have sinned. Forgive me for holding on to this unforgiveness. Forgive me for holding on to this bitterness. I release it now in the name of Jesus. And I release them from the grudge I held against them. I don't care if it's a boss, a spouse, a child, a coworker, whoever it is. I don't care if it's someone who, who molested you, raped you, did anything towards you. I'm not saying that what they did was right. I'm not justifying their sin. I'm not saying that their, that their sin is inexcusable, but you have to let the bitterness go. You're killing yourself. It's poisoning you. God knows you're hurt. God knows your heart has been broken, but he's going to heal your broken heart. He's going to help you get over this in the name of Jesus. Doesn't make a difference what it is. Somebody may have cheated you and took your money and never paid you back. Forgive them. God knows how to bless you and give you that money back. Yes, yes, yes. You want to have a summer of joy, not a summer of bitterness. And some of you, it may be a recent uh, case of unforgiveness. Some of you, it's a long-standing unforgiveness. Jesus is commanding you to let it go. Is he not your Lord? Is he not your Savior? Let it go. You want better to come? Let it go. Drop it like a hot potato. If somebody gave you a hot potato or something burning, you're going to let it go. You're going to let your hands sizzle and burn and get all kind of blisters, will you? Nobody does that. But spiritually, we do it. We hold on to the thing that literally is destroying and poisoning us. You got to let it go. No more bitterness. No more unforgiveness. Jesus said, when you hold on to unforgiveness, you, you are going to open yourself up to the tormentors. And some of you have been tormented for a long time. And you've been wondering, what's the issue here? Why do I get well and I get sick again? I get well, I get sick again. Or, or um, I'm doing well this time, then I stop doing well, and then I do well. Because you keep entertaining the blessing blocker of bitterness and unforgiveness. And Jesus is saying, let it go. He's trying to help you. Let it go. Obey your Lord's command. When I wake up, I'll wake up happy. I don't have no unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart towards nobody. Nobody. I can say that. And if you can't say that, it's not good. It's not good. And you're hindering better from coming. But the Lord delivers you today. And better is coming. Amen? All right, all right. So 
Listen, I'm going to give you this. Um, now, you know what? We'll, we'll stop here. It's, it's, it's a little early, but we'll stop here. I feel the Lord is ministering to somebody and God is speaking to you. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you. Let him minister to you. Some of you may be crying right now. You may be broken right now. The devil may be screaming, yeah, don't do it, don't do it. I'm telling you, today is your day of deliverance. Let go. Say, Lord, I let go. I let go. I let go. Everyone who's offended me, everyone who's hurt me, everyone who's damaged me, I let it go. Free yourself. As Fantasia said, free yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I free myself, Lord, today. In Jesus' name. And if you are sick in your body, I command you, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be free from your affliction in the name of Jesus. Arthritis, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Come out of their body now in the name of Jesus. Broken hearts, be healed. Broken hearts, be healed in the name of Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel that soothing presence of the Holy Spirit in your emotions, in your heart. You are being set free right now. Hallelujah. Some of you may feel that healing anointing on your body. Hallelujah. That heat coming on you. You're being healed in your body. Whatever your condition is, you're being healed in the name of Jesus. The Lord wants you to have a great summer. He doesn't want you going around miserable and jacked up on the inside and sick in your body. No, Jesus is fixing what's wrong with you now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody with muscle issues, you're being healed in the name of Jesus. Muscle spasms, be healed. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the healing anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you, you may feel the need to point of contact. Go ahead, touch the screen. Whether you're on your iPhone or your real big screen TV, touch it and receive the healing anointing now. Virtue flows from my hands into your body now. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be free from your affliction in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. You have financial problems. The Lord will deliver you. The Lord will give you ideas. Angels are on assignment to help prosper you. Favor is coming. A door is going to open. And I want you to testify to that. Send us a text. On your screen should be um, a text where you can text us and tell us what the Lord is doing in your life, how this message has ministered to you, how you've seen God turn something around in your life. The Lord is with you. You are blessed and better is coming in the name of Jesus. It's coming for your kids. It's coming for your entire household in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Your marriage is going to be better. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I love you, and I'm excited about sharing this word with you with the Holy Spirit. I had some more, but either we'll share it next week or we'll do something else. But we'll see what the Lord says Guys, have a great day today. Um, if you are watching and you're not a Christian, I want you to say yes to Jesus. Say, Lord, save me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. Say it. Jesus, I receive you. I receive your forgiveness. Save me now in Jesus' name. You are now my Lord. 
Amen. Well, my friend, you've just been born again. You've received Christ. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. The rest of you, don't turn off the screen. It's time to give. Hallelujah. And on the screen is uh, the ways that you can give. I want to encourage you. It's summer. Yo, just get it in there real quick. We're still online for a few more weeks. I want you to, two more months actually, and I want you to give, you know, by, um, by, uh, uh, by text or give online. Well, of course, real easy. You can give by Cash App. Dollar sign, Winners Church NYC. Make sure it's the right Winners Church. But give and give quickly and give generously. We need your financial support and God is blessing you because of your gifts, because of your commitment to be a tither, a consistent tither and a person who gives offerings. I was looking at a report of a church um, this past week from a church in New York City that has about 3,000 members. And they were trying to, they're pushing people to give and to, um, you know, stay with their financial commitments. I think they did some pledging or something. But they did a graph and they have about 3,100 members in the church in New York City. And they said that out of that, 400 people were regular givers. Ooh, that's sad. Very, very sad. Out of that 400, only 100 and I think in 53, were consistent tithers from a $50,000 income. I don't know how they did that. Um, so how they did that, whatever. But the four, 400, I said, that's, that's terrible. That won't be the story of Winners Church. We preach prosperity. We preach giving. We're going to keep preaching it until you understand and until you obey. Amen. Thank you for all those who have been giving and have been faithful. You're making this happen. This broadcast is happening today because of your faithfulness and the grace of God. And so I want to thank you for being committed. Amen. Let's give. Let's be summer sowers in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. Some of you are going to just wake up and have a desire to give. Don't, don't quench it. Do it. I just happened to me this other day. I already tithed. And I'm just like, I already give offerings. I said, like, oh, I just want to give this amount of money. And I just gave it in Jesus' name. I'm going to keep doing that. Lord, wake me up. Just inspire me. And I love to give, not only to people, but to the kingdom, to the work of the Lord. And I want you to do the same thing. All right? Amen. Well, we got to get out of here. I love you. I bless you. Mike, who's doing this, he's an awesome guy. <laughs> Let's give Mike a hand. Woo! Thank you, Mike. Risa, who opened the church, she's awesome. Thank you, Risa. Hey! Pastor Ernst in Life Church. Thank you. Give him a hand. Woo! Hallelujah. I love all you guys, and I'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Bye-bye.